Okay, welcome back everybody for our final discussion of the hex for now. I guess we might come back to it someday. Um, how have you guys been? How was your final playthrough or your, uh, you know, maybe not final, but final for now playthrough? How's it going? I always find this particular adventure rather unsettling <laughs> and for good reason. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy going back through like the the exploration, the Lewis and Clark adventures of all of these various dutiful secret hunters um, documenting their findings as they go. Yeah, and I think when I went back and visited it, I noticed a lot more things that just raised um, more questions for me. I, I'm not mm -hmm. sure how to interpret some of the stuff that was going on. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, we can get to like, the bottom of that tonight. Well, that's, it's interesting you say that. I mean, one thing I did was play Beneath the Surface, this other mm -hmm. game that you told me about, which uh, is actually pretty fun. Like, I didn't, I didn't hate it, anyway. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like, didn't find anything uh, particularly in my first playthrough. Anyway, um, at a certain point, you get to you get to max everything out, and your little um, your little hook pops back up on the top of the screen, and then pulls up the end screen, and that's it, and the game's over. I was like mm -hmm. kind of miffed by that. Actually, I don't know what I was doing wrong. Um, well, we did you find the locket? No, I got a radio. The closest I came, I think, was okay. the radio. Yeah. Unless I, well, I kind of looked away from it from time to time because I would just let my little guppies generate uh, money for right, me. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so if the locket, like, pops up and you have to be, like, watching for it, then I I missed it for that reason. No, you fish for it. Yeah, you have to fish it out. Um, but right around, like, close to the bottom, not all the way. Like, you don't have to have everything maxed in order to get it. But, like, once you hit about... 230, 240 meters, you fish out a locket that looks suspiciously similar to the one that you fish out of the out of the various places in the hex. Um, and it's got this string of nonsense symbols attached to it um, that you have to decipher um, using the information you've found in the hex if you have found all of the crazy buried secrets, which admittedly is quite the, quite the task. Um, it took... The, the players months after the game was initially released to track all of it down and figure it out. Yeah, and so after I played through the fishing game, I only played through it once and I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to read this final secret guide and write up biggest spoilers possible in parentheses. Um, right. And so I read through that and that really lays it all out pretty nicely, I think, but maybe if we could just sort of reconstruct uh, for our purposes, like how how this game works once you've played it and in retrospective, as you're going back through and trying to figure out everything, where would you suggest starting? Um, and, and what, what like you were playing it back mm -hmm. when you first did it sort of stuck out as um, maybe threads to pull on and, and clues and things? Yeah, I think the two things that really sort of like kicked everything off that sort of got everybody thinking and wondering what the what the deal was. Um, obviously, there was the locket puzzle. Um, like people had tracked down at that point the two the two halves of the locket as sort of like we talked about or like as I 
reminded us periodically as I was finding them in the game. Um, and they bring them to Wizaro, and Wizaro tells him that there's this missing something attached to it. Like, um, he used to have a, a cipher for codes of this sort, but he lost it at one point. Um, so that's sort of the first place where people were sort of raising eyebrows and wondering what that meant, because this was obviously something something that meant something deeper. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, was the, uh, breaking the game. Um, like the, the yeah. crash achievements that, that we've kind of talked about um, from level to level. Um, and, of course, the two are ultimately connected. Um, so a lot of the stuff, as far as like the actual bits and pieces of putting the code together, I, I was not able to do um, because I don't have like some of the technological skills involved to like freeze frame the game at the just the right time and so on. Um, but it would seem that Wizaro lost his cipher um, when he was hanging around in Waste World. So you'll remember like back when we were exploring with Rust, we just stumbled across Wizaro at one point, hanging around, being lost. Yeah. Um, well, it turns out that when Rust gets mind-controlled by the, the alien device, uh, one of the sort of like flashes that he gets in that really rushed little, little cutscene um, is the hint cipher dot cipher that apparently is the cipher that was lost. Um, uh. So what you have to do is create a file called cipher dot cipher in the actual like game files, like along with your save data and stuff. Um, like you have to create this file and rebuild the decryption key from scratch. Um, <laughs> using various hints throughout the game. Um, and there are quite a few of them. Like, uh, if you if you have that bottle that does the Fantasy Island clue in Secrets of Legendaria, if you duplicate it with Carla's computer, you get a piece of the code. Um, if you are looking closely at the, the agreement between Lionel and Lou Natez, um, who we correctly identified as Satan, um, there is another hint there, like a little section of the code that gets translated, and then you have to translate it again because it's like login and devil, which are re references to the login password of Satan in Pony Island, and then 666, of course, the number. Um, but the first part you have to kind of just figure out for yourself because it's very suspiciously phrased to look like sarsaparilla. Um, only in uh, speak. With, like, yeah. yeah, so once again, like, you put all of this together and you ultimately have to bring in all of the little bits of code um, from the, the crash achievements, because each one of them gives you, like, a little picture with, a, with two letters, two digits um, of the code, and when you get it all together and save it in this cipher.cipher file, you can go back to Wizaro and he can finally interpret what's going on in the locket. <laughs> um so it was it was quite the doing um but when you do you find that there's this exchange that is recorded on the back of the locket and he mentions you know this was a conversation between creators um and the fact that it's c and l seems to suggest that this is a conversation between lionel and carla um and in this conversation lionel entrusts Carla with this secret 
bit of code, this secret like program um, zipped up for her and asks her to put it in her next game, um, the fishing game that she wanted to put together. And Carla's really not keen on this. Like she thinks it's creepy and she's not talking to Lionel. And she even tells him that she's going to block him at the end of this conversation because their falling out was apparently very ugly. Um, but lo and behold, when you are fishing around in the deep parts of Beneath the Surface, which is supposedly Carla's game, not only do you fish up some really weird stuff like the fish with a head and the ice cube that apparently has the entire game in it, um, but you also fish up that locket with, you know, a, yet another code. Um, so bring that cipher.cipher into your beneath the surface data files and the code will be translated to type lionel.exe. Um, and if you do, you see this whole little miniature adventure. You get this whole bit in walk. Um, like a apparently some kind of prototype of walk, and Lionel explains like it's actually kind of moving, sort of weirdly personal for Lionel. Um, and he explains that uh, he has kind of had this dark, horrible secret, um, and he's been seeing weird stuff, stuff that's caused him to think that his characters have their own internal lives of some sort, um, and he wants ultimately to. Apologize to Reggie. And it, it's also not clear. Like, um, whatever the Hex artifact is, it seems that there are some hints to it hanging around in Secrets of Legendaria, but only, only like, vague hints at best. Um, but it is entirely possible that, you know, like, Sato herself obviously intervenes when Lazarus and, and his band of, you know, thieves try and steal the Hex. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's obviously, it obviously means that like, she is at least knowing what is going on here. And it could very well be that her retreat is just kind of a fake. Um, it's suggested by quite a few of the people sort of like unpicking this and, and discovering these secrets that the conversation between Carla and Lionel about this like special piece of code um, may well have occurred after Lionel has been murdered, um, that it could be Sato pretending to be Lionel um, and getting her to install Lionel's, you know, Trojan program into her game, thus disseminating it to everybody who plays beneath the surface, um, in which case it really would be masterminded by Sato every step of the way. Um, but the other thing that we should, like, at least be a little bit attentive to um, is in that, that sort of decryption code that you've got to type into cipher.cipher, um, like, it, it's divided into three distinct sections. The first one is sarsaparilla, the second one has to do with the crash codes, um, but the third one says, like, before you sub substitute the numbers for, for the words, it's login devil at sado. Um, which suggests at the very least that Sato might have some sort of demonic source. Like she might be, you know, Satan himself or Asmodeus or one of the other like demons. Um, and that's sort of corroborated by the fact that when you see Carla's computer at the dev office in walk, like she's got that same five pointed, 
um, star that we see so often in the Satan Tech logo in, in Pony Island. Um, but it's not clear. Like, it's it's hard to say for sure whether this is all orchestrated by Sato or if she is just profiting off of this sort of exchange um, between Lionel and Carla. Well, you know, I don't know if you ciphered like some of that weird text. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about it last time with the statue. Yeah. And um, on the wall when you go downstairs um, in the cabin outside. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I, where the hand was, like that you're supposed to put your cursor, mm -hmm. it says like player's blessing. Yes. So I'm feeling like this whole thing was just to manipulate us to, you know, obviously release Sado into the world. Um, and then I, I almost find the the game inside uh, beneath the surface, you know, it's showing that Lionel has like some redeeming qualities. So you feel even more guilty um, yeah. about what happened. And I think, that's, uh, yeah. I think that's one of the major themes that we're kind of playing with here. Like, um, I mean, every single one of these sorts of horrible things that has happened has been an act of revenge. Um, like, Carla taking revenge on Lionel destroyed Secrets of Legendaria. Lionel taking revenge on Carla is how, you know, Sato gets released into the game in the first place. Um, Rootbeer Reggie taking revenge on Lionel is how Sato escapes into the world. Um, all of this comes out of this sort of anger and bitterness towards one another, this inability to let things go. Um, and it's clear that, like, yes, you as the player are, are getting sort of tricked into participating, although ultimately at the end of the day, um, it seems like Reggie tries to give you all the information you need to make a decent judgment when in fact he's getting ready to activate the hacks. Um, but still, that's before you see Lionel at his best. Lionel feeling apologetic and wishing he hadn't done what he'd done. Um, it is harder to justify your, your vengeance um, when and that's where the audio left off for our final episode on the Hex. Unfortunately, we did not record and neither did Craigbot. So as far as I know, it's all lost, although it's possible it'll turn up one day out there in the ether, out there in the void. Now. I went ahead and made some notes that night when we realized that there was no recording, and uh, I'll read them now. Um, stray thoughts in no particular order. I can't promise that you won't need some sort of cipher code to make sense of them. So I think you heard there how we talked about Beneath the Surface, the game that Carla develops, as a kind of self-enclosed loop. Carla herself seems never to have opened the secret file guarded by its layers of codes and ciphers. She never opens Pandora's box. And the file, sado.exe, doesn't seem to actually do anything. It only represents a kind of force of malice. And 
we talked about the other side of the game besides the sci-fi and horror themes, tones, conventions, something more like a puzzle or fantasy type game represented not so much by Sado as by the dream of people coming together online to discuss something that they love. Precisely that close connection Lionel wasn't able to establish, or that if he had it, was lost. We discussed whether this relationship could be read as an allegory for some sort of division in society or culture, and whether it might also be augmented by an autobiographical reading too of some particular person or people in the real developer, Daniel Mullen's life. We could also look at it as simply the sorts of errors and forgiveness we could all relate to. Talked about how we bring this all together with us into games. The games are never as cordoned off from reality as they might seem or as we might theorize them, to say nothing of the blurring and breaking of the magic circle, quote-unquote, accomplished by games like Frog Fractions and the Hex itself. We discussed whether its niche status undermines this aspiration to connection, as it lacks a certain mass popularity, or if appealing to only half of Bartle's taxonomy in terms of the types of players that it attracts might be enough. And what of the player's blessing? This was a question Steve was asking. Who within the framework of the story is ultimately, ultimately responsible and to what end? What does it all mean? Is there more still to be found? And yet, if we could ask the developer these kinds of questions, would it really add anything? Wouldn't it be impertinent to ask about his personal life? In what sense is that statue vision his greatest creation? And where does a character like Jeremiah fit in? It remains to be seen how Inscription, or Inscription, the new game, might play with some of these themes from the Hex, just as the Hex did with elements laid down in Pony Island. So, to quote Root Beer Reggie, are you satisfied? Thanks for listening.